Hebrews chapter number two in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter number two, there toward the end of your Bible in the New Testament, and verse number three. Amen. Thank God. When you find your place, say amen. Amen. That's almost everybody. Amen. If you had it there, say amen. Amen. If you believe it's in there, will you say amen? Thank God. Got everybody saying amen now. We thank God for Hebrews. It's a powerful book in the Bible. In fact, I love the book of Hebrews because it shows us how much better Christ is. He's better priest. He's a better covenant. Thank God. I thank God for all the betters in Hebrews and chapter uh, through all the chapters. But I'm interested tonight in a familiar verse in chapter 2 and verse number 3. I'll read it and you can be seated. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You can be seated. Father, I do want to come to you one more time. Realize that, Lord, we are handling the word of God. We do not stand behind this pulpit today because we're worthy of it. But Lord, because you've called us with a calling and by your grace before the foundation of the world. Lord, we know, God, that we stand on, on territory where some sinner may be hanging in the balances. There may be somebody here, Lord, standing at the crossroads of their life. And depending on how, Lord, they uh, take this message, they may lose, leave, forsake, or neglect their last opportunity to be saved. Lord, I know the Bible tells us there was a time, Lord, when Noah preached 120 years, and when it was done, Lord, it was done, and the door was shut, and they were inside. Lord, though the rain came, nobody could escape the wrath. Lord, today I'm begging you, Lord, before the door of salvation closes, that somebody that's here tonight may be even in this Wednesday night service in a crowd as few as that we have. Maybe somebody out in the parking lot, maybe listening in their home, few of them may be listening in their home. Lord, they have the radio station. It may be in their house right now. But Lord, I pray that whoever it might be, that they would not neglect their opportunity to be saved. And then, Lord, for us it's saved. Lord, we sometimes neglect it. And I pray, God, that we wouldn't neglect it after tonight. God, make it real to us tonight. Lord, I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If the Lord help me to stay in the right gear he wants me to stay in tonight, I'm fearful. I'm aware that nobody that I've ever heard alive has preached this text in the way that I'll preach it. I know that most of us here tonight would say that we're saved on our way to heaven. So we could look at this verse and say, uh, Preacher, there's probably not much for me. But I'm interested in preaching to you tonight, to the saved, to the born again, 
But before I do, I, I think there is a the first application. There are two uh, twofold application in chapter two and verse three. I believe it is talking about the sinner. I believe it is because in uh, verse number nine he reminds us in the same chapter that Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for every man. He reminds us in verse 14 that for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, that is his death at Calvary on the cross, he might destroy him, that's the devil, that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I, I feel like tonight that the original first fold application is to sinners that may be turning God away from their heart. In fact, you can say this about the question. It is a question that never got answered. There's more than one. I, I remember... Uh, Brother Jared, we, I mean, you may have talked about this. There's a question in the Bible. What shall a man give in exchange for a soul? It's never answered. Oh, you could give millions of dollars. You might could give all the diamonds in the world, but it didn't matter what you give. Nothing would buy your way to heaven. And so that, that question is never answered. In our text tonight, I believe there is a question. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a man salvation? And so the question is never answered. It's, an, it's a question that doesn't need an answer. It's a question that the answer is implied. The reality is you'll never escape the judgment of God you will not get out of hell. If you neglect so great a salvation, you'll live in great condemnation and you'll die and suffer in hell for great and great condemnation forever and ever and ever. I thought about this salvation. What makes it great? Well, there's a lot of things that makes it great, but it's called great salvation or salvation the gospel of God uh, because it is in opposition to the law amen it does not minister condemnation but what we're talking about the gospel ministers salvation it's great because of the author of it amen he's the author of eternal salvation Hey, salvation is great because of the author of it. He's the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's great because of the great mysteries. One of the mysteries is that though he came to his own, his own did not receive him. And now as many as received him, to them gave he 
power how to become. The mystery is that Gentile dogs like you and I can be saved by the same good grace of God that anybody else can. Amen. It's great. It's got great things in it. There's exceeding great and precious promises. The salvation, thank God, declares that it is great in our text. It is a product of great wisdom. It is a product of a great person. It is the product of a great plan. Amen. Thank God for salvation. But if you neglect it, and surely not, preacher, but some do, the definition of the word neglect or the idea of it is to be careless of it, to condemn it, or to despise it. Hey, but thank God, what makes it great is that great planner, amen, that great author, thank God, it shed his great blood, and that's what makes it great. Oh, but listen, if you neglect it, this way of salvation, it's a dangerous thing. Hey, listen, sin is great, and your sin is great. It may not be as great as somebody else, but it takes great salvation. Uh, to forgive uh, a great sinner. Oh, thank God for the great sacrifice that provided salvation. And if you're sitting here lost today, uh, don't condemn it. Uh, Don't reject it. Uh, Don't say no to Jesus. Uh, Because in fact, uh, at one point and some point in your life, uh, God's going to deal with you the last time. And to say no to Jesus uh, is to say yes to hell. I'm telling you. He's the only way and the only truth and the only life. And if you neglect so great a salvation, you shall not escape. But that's not where my burden is tonight. My burden is ironically to save people. I never really saw it like, like this, but how shall, notice the text, we We'll go back to verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more, more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time they should, we, we, lest at any time we should let them slip. I, I'm pretty staring at the Go on, get a grip. Who's he talking to? He's talking to saved people. He's talking to brethren, people born again. He's talking to uh, folks scattered throughout, believers scattered throughout different parts of the country. Hey, listen, this, he says, we, we got to hold fast uh, to some things. Listen, anytime we, should, he just in the same context, he uses the same, it don't matter how you look it up, all the way back to the Greek. It's the same implication in the same context of the same first three verses. And he says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I'm not saying you can get lost. But what I am saying is this. You can't neglect it. You can neglect so great a salvation. How shall we escape, Christians, who know the Lord? The we in the text is us who saved. 
at least in secondary application and because of the first two verses and because of the context that he's writing to believers in the Lord, we are those who need to hold fast and get a grip on things lest we should let them slip. And so he's telling us, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Listen, the, the, the word, the other definition uh, for that word is to neglect. This word neglected, uh, it means to be careless of it. It means to treat it as if it's nothing. Hey, listen, I, I mean it like this. Uh, uh, for, for the lost people, yes. Uh, uh, don't turn your back on every opportunity uh, that God gives you and God convicts you. Uh, I, I want you to be saved. Uh, but this word neglect means to be careless. It uh, also means to be unattentive. Uh, how are you attentive uh, to this great salvation? Or are you unattentive? Are you careless? Uh, do you treat it carefully? Uh, are you acting when you think on salvation and you are saved are you neglecting it as believers you say preacher what do you mean let me give you an illustration how can you neglect children that you don't have you can't how can you neglect a wife that you don't have how can you neglect duties on a job that you don't even have. He is saying, if you're saved, you've got it. But it's a possibility for saved people to neglect so salvation. Just as sure as you can neglect your bride. Hey man, and just as sure as you brides, I can neglect your grooms. I that we that are saved uh, can neglect our groom. Uh, we can neglect so great a salvation. Hey, you remember it took great salvation uh, to save us great sinners uh, for a great way off. Uh, and it's possible to treat it so carelessly after we get saved, uh, to be so unattentive uh, to our salvation uh, that we neglect it. Let me give you another illustration. Take your Bible turn just a few pages over to 2 Peter in chapter 1. It takes a while. Make sure everybody's on the same page. Then I'll preach to you what's on my heart. Look what 2 Peter in chapter number 1. I was wondering why God slowed me down. Maybe this is why. Look at 2 Peter in chapter 1 and verse 5. Now, if y'all agree with me at least that he's talking to saved people. He said in verse 2, Let grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things uh, that pertain unto the life and godliness. He's talking to save people. He talks about exceeding great and precious promises in verse number 4. Uh, but notice what he says. Here's a man who's attentive to his salvation. Here is a man, here, here are a people that Peter is pleading with in his last book that he's writing. And he's telling them how not to neglect it. Here's what he said. He said in this, giving all diligence add to faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, that is, increase, they make you that ye shall neither be barren 
nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I read it to you in your text just then. We have an obligation to be careful and add to, to abound in salvation. It's possible, according to the context of chapter 2, to be saved and yet neglect so great a salvation. If you think about it like this, uh, why is there no revivals uh, that seem to sweep in our country? I believe it's called folks neglect so great a salvation. You say, why is it? Uh, There's no power of God. And every servant, we ought to be running around here uh, uh, shouting. We saw another day uh, uh, we're breathing his oxygen, uh, living on his world, uh, uh, blessed, going to his heaven. Uh, I mean, we're in his family. Uh, uh, we've been washed blood. Uh, uh, we've got a good church to fellowship with. Uh, hey, God's still dealing with sinners. Uh, he saved some of our youngins and grand youngins. Uh, hey, can I say, uh, hey, why is there no more Because we so great a salvation. You say, preacher, why is there not more unity in the, in the church? That's because there's neglection, neglecting salvation. How is it that Christians, born again believers, can get divorces? Because there's neglecting so great a salvation. Why is there division? Why is there schisms? Hey, what's the problem? Because I feel like as believers, we can neglect. So great a salvation. Oh, it's so great. Woo! Uh, you're just like that old uh, vessel marred in his hand. Uh, uh, thank God, still throwing your way. Uh, so uh, he made you another vessel. Uh, and you're on your way to hell. Uh, Jesus came uh, and laid down his life. Uh, and one day come to your pew. Uh, and you found out uh, that God so loved you. Uh, that he gave his only begotten. Thank God for so love. And this salvation is so great. Uh, and God help us not to treat it carelessly. Not be attentive to it. Not add to it. Not increase in it. Not abound. They say they, there's lack of prayer. We're neglecting prayer. That's how you neglect so great salvation. I wonder how, much, how many of us in here spent more than 15 minutes a day on praying this week. I wonder if we really say we want our young and saved. How, how long has it been since you prayed long, longer than an hour for them? How long has it been since you labored with God? Instead, You say, preacher, I believe it's Bible. I, I, I want to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Uh, I, but instead, the TV comes on when you've not even read your Bible. I mean, you'll, you'll watch the news and, and, and read your uh, romance novels and, and watch your TV shows uh, I, and, and leave the Bible laying on the side. Uh, most, these folks, you, you, say, you about tell it when they come in, uh, uh, their Bibles, and, and not from being used, uh, uh, but their Bibles curled up on the edges because it's been laying on the dash, uh, getting heated up by the sun. Uh, I, I mean, they read more things than the Bible most of the time. Y'all might as well say amen. I know y'all in the same hide that every one of us are in. And I'm telling you, the lack of studying, it's neglecting so great a salvation. How, how do you add virtue? How, because when you learn of the Bible and you see what manner of person you are, how you begin to adorn the doctrine of God. You begin to wear it, put it on. You become the epistle known and read of men. Hey, they see your conversation. 
and, uh, and get convicted and be one to God. Uh, oh, listen to me today. Uh, don't neglect so great a salvation. I'm talking to Christians tonight. Uh, hey, listen, God, help us. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, living right's always been right. Uh, and neglecting to live right uh, or living in the slop of the hog pit of this world uh, is neglecting your salvation. Uh, amen. Laying out of church uh, is neglecting so great a salvation. Uh, hey, neglecting paying your tithe. Uh, hey, man, pay your tithe. Uh, if you got to be whooped in the pen, uh, told every week to it ain't worth two cents. You ought to give it out of the abundance of your heart. Say amen right there. Hey, man, you neglect time. You neglect tithe. Hey, you neglect handing out tracks. You neglect doing anything for God. The only time you get any Bible is when you come to Sunday school and preaching. Hey, man, if you didn't get that, you'd starve to death spiritually. I'm just saying, preacher, who you talking to? Anybody? Doorbell that rings. Hey, man, that's who I'm talking to. It's possible. I don't know why he's put this on my heart. I ain't never preached it. Nobody's alive that I ever heard preach it. I'm sure other people have. But I saw this text, and I've seen it in the context of, in verse 1, that we've got to hold, get a grip on some things, lest we let them slip. And then the same context, he says we, we can neglect so great a salvation. He's talking to believers. I know he's talking to sinners. Hey, but he's talking to us. It's possible for you not to neglect so great a salvation. Hey, man, just sitting there not doing nothing for God. Hey, man, hey, man, Dad. Hey, I'm going to tell you what it says. Look at the context. How shall you escape? How, how shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? Say, preacher, what are you talking about? Why well, believe it's sinners? How can you escape judgment? How can you escape hell? How can, how can you? Yes, I believe that. But he's talking to Christians. I believe he's also talking to believers. And we know that we're not going to go to hell. We know that once we're saved, we're always saved. We believe that. He's the author of eternal salvation and all that. But it is possible for believers to neglect, to treat it carelessly, to not be attentive. Second Peter chapter 1 says to not add to, to not add diligence, to not add virtue. Hey, it will and we'll end up not being fruitful. Uh, but if you add to things and increase and abound and grow, uh, hey man, you, hey, God have mercy. It's an amazing thing to me. I remember a man came up to me one time and he talked to me a little bit and uh, he said he wants to start a Bible study. And I didn't have to believe half of the stuff he believed. And so I wasn't going to let him start no Bible study. He wanted some of the men to go over our meeting over at the restaurant in Southern Manor on Columbus. And he told me some of the things that he was going to be teaching. I said, man, you hear that every Sunday school on Sunday. You hear the same thing preached all, all through the week. What's the problem? that you got to have an extracurricular Bible study that you head up, and I don't even believe what you believe. There ain't no way it's going to happen. Here's what I'm saying. We come into church. We can sit on the pew. We can give our tithe. We can come to church. Every once in a while, lift our hand. Every once in a while, testify. Every once in a while, sing in the choir. We can go and praise the Lord. We can do We can everything that we're supposed to do and yet sit in the church and neglect so great a salvation even hear what God's put on the preacher's heart to deliver to you because you 
your phone, picking your fingernails, amen, and thinking about everything in the world. Amen, preacher, y'all know I'm right. I'm going to tell you the greatest cure, amen, that folks have for not being attentive. That means slide to the edge of your seat, be excited about what you hear. Amen, if I was talking about dollars, and if you could quote back everything I said, hey man, I'd give you a million dollars. I bet you folks would pay attention then. But it's more precious than that. God has given us some spiritual insight, hey man, as teachers and preachers, so that the church, hey man, can be edified and built together, hey man, and encouraged. And if you don't get what's been sent to you from heaven, you're neglecting, feeding on his manner sent special for you. You see, that's why it says, give us day by day our daily bread. Because you can't get tomorrow's bread hey, uh, today. You can't get yesterday's bread today. Day by day, you have to go get bread. God wants you just like they did in, in the wilderness. Amen. And Israel had to go out every day. Are you neglecting? Are you being attentive? How shall you say? Well, how shall you escape hurting the Lord's heart? How shall you escape hurting the Lord's heart if you neglect? You can't escape. You will not escape hurting the Lord. Is it, is it your intentions to hurt God? Is it, is it your desire to hurt God? Paul, here's what Paul said. He said, I thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live, he's talking about born-again believers, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. This is what he said. He said, I want to be careful to live my life for the one that died for me. I was dead. He, he, hey, he saved me, gave me life, and now I owe my life lived every day for his glory. Now, church, I'm telling you, in the day we're living in, you better pay attention uh, to what I'm saying because if God in his grace and mercy don't help us, we're going down a path of destruction and you better make sure that you are not neglecting as a believer your salvation, this great salvation. I'm going to tell you what, you won't escape wounding the heart of God. Hey, listen, you will not escape grie grieving the Spirit of God. The Bible said, and grieve not the Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Uh, that word there, grieve, is to hurt somebody you love. Hey, listen, listen, uh, uh, who, who hurt your children grieve you in the heart? Uh, you don't cut them off. They steal your children. You still love them. But it grieves you. It wounds you. It feels as if arrows have pierced you when they don't live for God and do right. Uh, oh, listen to me. I'm we're his children, and we will not escape hurting his heart if we don't act like we love him once in a while and obey him in service and in satisfaction, shouting the victory that we're saved and we get an opportunity to serve him. You know, I think about the Lord, man. He, 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 his heart was broke. You think about it in John chapter number 11 and verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible. Well, there's two, but I, that's the shortest verse because it's got the least letters. Jesus wept. Amen. And because he wept, the second verse is possible for us. Hey, rejoice evermore. Hallelujah. We couldn't rejoice evermore if, we could, if he hadn't wept. And Brother Tony, I think about all the reasons why he wept. Because of their unbelief. He wept because they doubt. They doubted that he was a resurrection and life. Did they not call for him just because he was not? They, he wept because of their unbelief. He wept. I know. Because their heart was hurting. He identified with them. Hey, I, I know that. I know he hurt because they hurt. 
that his tears mix with my tears and boy business picks up when I know he's touched in the heart for the things that touches my heart but I don't want to wound him with unbelief I don't want to hurt him amen God help us hey in Luke chapter 13 and 34 it wounded his heart when he looked at that crowd that he came for and he wept and said oh Jerusalem Jerusalem and he wept over them amen hey listen in the garden Gethsemane according to Hebrews 5 and 7 through much tears their gospels don't record it it's as if it's the holy they don't want to touch it but Paul writes hey man that one born out of season and he says who in the days of his flesh when he'd offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared hey in the garden and on the cross he wept over us wept over sinners going to hell wept over saints forsaking him oh I don't want to hurt the heart of God hey Matthew chapter 27 verse number 50 hey man Jesus uses that word when he cried he, he, he lifted up his voice and cried and I know that means to shout out but I read one man said this when he uses that word cried that meant from a groaning a hurting of the heart that he cried with a loud voice but that his cry with a loud voice was also met with a flood of tears God help us he saw us forsaken he saw folks spitting in his face and wonder hey have you thought about when you neglect so great a salvation you cannot escape from piercing the heart and hurting the heart of our Savior if you neglect so great a salvation oh listen to me I, I thought about this brother Demas is mentioned three times in the Bible in, in one place he's mentioned walking with God amen and another place he's mentioned withering away from God and then in the last place, he's, he's mentioned withdrawing completely from God. How did this man start walking with God? And then he went to withering away from the things of God. And then he went to be that one that forsook Paul and withdrew from calling God altogether. I'm going to tell you how it happened because he neglected so great a salvation. I, I, think, I think sometimes about that pool of Bethesda and I know every bit of those people in those uh, five or in those five porches and the pool of Bethesda, pool of mercy and porches of grace. And I think about that in John 5, how the blind, the halt, hey man, y'all remember that text, the blind halt withered. And here's, a, here's the thought that came to my mind. I, I, yes, they all picture sinners, but they could picture even more than that. The blind, obviously, only can depict sinners. When we were lost, we were blind. We were blind to our sin. We were blind to our need for salvation. We were blind to the way of salvation. I mean, we were blind on our way that we was dead. And so we were blind. But then in John 5, in that same pool, those longing for a miracle, there is people mentioned, that's halt. That's people who were born but never fully growed. They never fully take. Those people but they're deformed in their walk and they never fully mature and I'm afraid that's the way some Christians are but then there's 
withered. They born, they grew up, but they got some kind of disease. They started neglecting their physical health. And so it is with Christians. If you don't watch it, you're going to end up halt and withered. You may walk with God now, but it's neglecting uh, so great a salvation uh, that walk may turn wither away uh, and may cause you to wander completely away from the things of God. You say, preacher, that'll never happen. Oh, I, I, I guarantee it will. I had a good friend I preached revival for. One of my first revivals I ever preached. Miss Amanda knows him well. They know him well. Dale knows him well. Chris Manley preached one of the, I, I preached, man, sinners got saved. I mean, God stirred hearts. Jordan's mama got saved. She's a preacher's wife. She got saved. Deacons got saved. Woman been teaching school for years. I, I can't remember if it's 28 or 38 years. She got saved, brother. Uh, I mean, God was moving in that place. God stirring in the prayer room. He'd stir through the day. I mean, man, God was meeting with us. I remember I preached, I believe, at night. Misty got saved. Uh, I was preaching on uh, ten virgins. Five had oil, five didn't have oil. Brother Tony, I mentioned how many people in there has their lamps and they're clean. Uh, hey, man, and you, no doubt you got your lamp. Uh, you might got preacher on it, church member on it. Hey, hey, you might ain't no telling what you great biggest tither giver, hardest worker on it. But if you don't have no oil, the Holy Ghost don't live inside of you and you'll miss it. When the Lord comes back, the church will go and you'll be shut outside the door and you can bang on it till your knuckles turn bloody. He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Are y'all listening to me? Man, she got saved. I mean, a great. I, there were some things I seen just as a young preacher and I kind of warned him a little bit. He was he asked me for some advice on somebody he was going to marry. I said, don't do it, man. It's going to foul you up. I don't even know her. I just feel like I ain't got no peace about it. I'm not your daddy, but if you ask him, I'm telling you. He ended up marrying that long story short. You ask him. He, he went further and further and further. He, he went, his walk went to withering, and his withering went to wandering until he completely withdrew. And am I telling the lie, Miss Amanda? He blowed his own brains out, killed himself because he went too far, because he neglected so great a salvation. I feel without a doubt he is saved. I heard him preach, had God all over him. I know without a doubt I love that dear brother. And the reason that I want to mention him tonight is to show you, I mean, I'm talking about people that we're connected to, people that we love. And it is possible for you to act so flippant about your salvation. Throw the Bible around like it don't mean nothing to you. Treat church like it's something you got to do. Oh, listen to me tonight. If you neglect so great a salvation, you will not escape hurting the heart of God, hurting your family, hurting your own life, hurting your own walk. You can't escape. I'm going to tell you what, if you neglect so great a salvation... You won't, escape you won't escape worrying about circumstances going on in your life. You know what John 14, 1 says? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. He tells us that he, we're overcomers through him. And he's gave us peace, not like the world gives. 
He left us his peace. He told us when he went away, he is going to send a comforter, and the Holy Ghost is going to come, amen, by and help us out. Brother Tony, I got to thinking about that, how that sweet presence of the Holy Ghost, and here's what old E.M. Bounds said. Hey, old E.M. Bounds, he's a great chaplain in the Confederate forces. He was involved. He's pastoring a Methodist church. Hey, man, them folks come by, burn his church, and kill some of his members. Them Yankees didn't. He joined the Confederates, and here's what happened. He unbound, started. He was a prayer warrior. He said he prayed two hours, and he felt like he cheated God, felt like he's dirty because he hadn't prayed enough. Here's, here's what he said, what the church needs today. And if it was true back then, I know it's true now. It's not more machinery, amen, or better machinery, not new organizations, not more novel methods, but men and women who are full of the Holy Ghost, men and women. Women of prayer, men and women mighty in prayer. I'm going to tell you, Brother Spurgeon, Spurgeon said, he said, without the Holy Ghost, we can do nothing. We're like ships without the wind, branches without sap. We're like coals without fire. We are useless. We must, church, be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we need Christians today that are filled with the Spirit, walking straight, and not neglecting their great salvation. I'm going to tell you what, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And if you're, if you're not digging in this book, Hey man, you will worry about everything. You're going to worry anyway. But if you neglect so great a salvation, you're going to intensify your worrying about every circumstance in your life. I'm going to tell you what, some Christians are like wheelbarrow. You got to push them everywhere they go. Some are like canoes. Hey man, they need paddling every once in a while. Y'all might as well say amen. Hey, some are like kites. Hey, man, you got to keep them on the stream, brother. Baby. Hey, but some are like footballs. Yeah, hey, man, you don't know where they're going to land, but you don't know where they're going to bounce when they hit the ground. Hey, Amen. Some are like balloons. They're full of wind and ready to blow up. Some are like trailers. Got to be pulled all the time. Won't go nowhere on their own. Some are like lights. They go on and off, depending on who's around and who ain't around. Some are like kittens. They only content when you pet them. Somebody say amen. Y'all don't want me to get hung up here. Some are like, but thank God, some or like the North Star, you can set your course on them. They'll always be there shining, and they want to shine bright, not so everybody can notice them, because they want to keep doing what they've always been doing. Hey, you can orient your life on them. Thank God they're an example. They're an inspiration. They're an illuminate great God in heaven. I'm going to tell you, that's what we need to be. Not a bunch of well-bound Christians, not trailer Christians. We need to be no or star Christians. Y'all know I'm right. It'll make you worry. I'm going to tell you what. Oh, Ananias and Sapphira, they're about half in and half out. They sold some land, lied about it. Instead of giving, they said they was giving it all lied to the Holy Ghost. i tell you what, you make a vow to God, you better keep it. Hey, why it was theirs, Peter said, it was yours to have, to keep, to pass on, or to sell. But then you lied and said you gave this as Hey, hey, and God killed them, brought division, made them worry. They just tore up word and death. What about Lot? That word there, Lot, it's used about Lot in 2 Peter 2 7. It said Lot was a righteous man, but what did he do? Vexed his righteous soul daily with the filthy conversation of the wicked. That word there, vexed, it means to weigh down. It, 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 
means. Uh, it, it carries the idea of neglecting what's right and, and going after what's wrong. I mean, brother, he started lingering. He started looking there. He went to lingering there, went to living there, went to intermarrying his kids there. I'm going to tell you right now, Lot was a man who got weighted down with worrying and he vexed and he got to the point he was so messed up that he was going to give his virgin daughters to a wicked crowd to save face in front of some angelic visitors. Oh, listen to me tonight. Listen, don't neglect so great a salvation. Down, it'll cause you to worry. You can't escape worrying and weighing if you weigh your soul down all the time. You got don't neglect so great a salvation. Now listen, you won't escape. If, if, if you neglect so great a salvation, you can't get away from weighing down the work of the church. You're going to become a weight to the church. You're going to weaken the church. Uh, listen, I, that's what Lot did. You're, you're going to get to the place that you don't want to, but you may be the very cause when you neglect so great a salvation that your kids don't make it out of fire. And if they do make it out of fire, the ones that do make it out of fire, it, it'll be sad to see how their life ends up because you neglected so great a salvation. How shall we escape? You, there's no escape. If you neglect so great, it's, an, it's a question that the answer's not even supposed to be given because it's, it's already known. There is no way to escape hurting the heart of God, weakening the church, causing worry. Uh, there's no escape, listen, weighing down the things of God. I, I think about, brother, when we get there, and it talks about there'll be no more tears in heaven. And, uh, and over at, that's at the great white throne judgment. What, I'm, what I feel like will happen, and, and this is my opinion, but I, I feel like it's there that he's wiping away tears. And so I have to think that up until then, when we go to the judgment seat of Christ as believers, and while we're waiting through that tribulation period in the rapture, and so the church and the bride of Christ is there, I, I feel like when we're standing there, and according to the great white throne judgment picture, the scene, the books are going to be open, and, uh, the, and the saints of God will have a front row view into what's going on. And, and Brother Tony will see that soul that came in the church. And because we neglected so great a salvation, I, we didn't even care to witness to that person. And, and that person will get thrown off into hell, and I believe we'll begin to weep behind God. And that after all the souls that could have been reached, if we hadn't neglected so great a salvation, the folks that slip off into hell, then God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. Oh, listen to me today. I believe it's as serious as I'm preaching here tonight. You cannot escape some serious situations in your life if you neglect so great a salvation. God help us not to neglect so great a salvation. Man visited the insane asylum. He he visited that insane asylum, trying to see if he was going to start a ministry there. And walked out, brother Jared. On the only question he had, he was so tore up by all he saw. The only question he had, brother Tony, was. 
there was one man in a padded cell. I mean, a padded cell, thick door, unbreakable glass, and you could hear him when you came in. You could hear him no matter where you were in that building, and you could hear him when you went out the door. And all he kept saying was, it's too late, 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 it's too late. And he said, what? I've got one question. What is the deal with that man that's screaming, it's too late? Amen, Cain, help me out. It's too late, it's too late. What's the deal with that man? And he said, well, he worked for the railroad for 20 years. Had, had a great job, very, very responsible. His job was at a major intersection where all these different trains come in. His job, Brother Randy, was to flip the switch. That was his job. It's the only job he had. There was others that did it too. But when it was his shift, his time, his job was stay in this building and flip a switch. One day, he was out there, supposed to be man in his position. He saw some lilies out there. He went out there to pick them up. Wasn't doing nothing bad wrong. He was getting lilies for his wife. Going to get some for his daughter. All of a sudden, he heard a horn whistle of a train. He heard another one down here. And he ran back as fast as he could. But before he got there, Brother Tony, a freight train carrying a bunch of freight and coal and, and I forgot what all else he said he was carrying, collided with a passenger train and all, the majority of the people died screaming in agony and that man from that day I, until they never saw him again screamed, it's too late because he neglected his duty and his obligation and I'm going to tell you one day we're going to get to heaven, stand before God and it's going to be too late then. It, it's just, it don't say, you say, preacher, wasn't nothing bad wrong. No, he wasn't doing nothing filthy. He wasn't doing nothing worldly. But he neglected his duty that could have saved thousands of lives, but he neglected it. How shall we Christians, one, we ought to give the more and see, we have things we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. Same context, verse 3. How shall we save people, believers, escape? I just gave you a few tonight. There's a whole lot more. How shall we escape if we neglect? You can put anything after that. How, how, how shall we escape? How shall we escape the day when our doors are shut? I know y'all probably don't believe it. Then Jerry talked to a man. You know, in Russia, but but Tony, boy, did he say too much? He couldn't even go out of his house. He'd go to the store to get groceries, and he had to have a paper. He'd get pulled over and ask him why. He had to wear a mask inside of his house. He had to wear a mask cutting the grass. He had to wear a mask riding down the road. They they got so they got so controlling over there, and, and say, preacher, come on, that wouldn't happen here. Yeah, buckle up. 
if you gonna handle what's coming. It, 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 and both sides say, preacher, hey, everything's gonna work out. Hallelujah. But honest to God, it don't matter who's in that White House. There's a God in heaven in control of everything. And he done told us it's going to get rough till the Lord comes back. And we're living in them days, brother. Amen. We might as well go ahead. It's perilous times. That's dangerous times. We, we, I'm t- we, if there's ever been a time we need, we don't neglect so great a salvation. If you neglect using your muscles, you become paralyzed. Hey, you can't. You can't, a man that lays in a coma has to go through months and years of, uh, of, of rehabilitation before he can even walk again. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Hey, listen, bodily exercise is profitable a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. There are some godly things that we need to quit and neglect because we're going to be spiritual incapacitated. And are you neglecting the greatest salvation? Let's all stand and sit to you, Father. We love you, Dwayne.